Follow the yellow brick road. 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 Follow, 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 follow the yellow brick road. Geocache Talk podcast is sponsored by FTF Magazine. FTF Magazine can be found at ftfgeocacher.com and by IB Geocaching Supplies. The best site for geocoins, cache containers, and much more can be found at ibgeocaching.com and by Cashly. Cashly is the foremost geocaching app and can be found at cashly.com. Please make sure and let these fine sponsors know that you appreciate their support of the show. Well, hey everyone, it's time for Geocache Talk. Whether you're at work, in the car, wherever you are, we hope you enjoy the show. Please give it a like and subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, or wherever you can find it, so that you can get all the weekly Geocache Talk goodness. Big thanks to the Trial Bugs for the music and our patrons, Doug Jones, Joshua and Caleb Slinkard, Tom Brotherman, Joshua, the geocaching vlogger, Nick Hubbard, Andrew Tiepkin, Cecilia Perez, Sydney Sawyer, Valena Mahar, Jane Jewell, Memphis Mafia, Craig Michelle, the Geo Gearheads, Zach Fick, the Deadliest Cachers, Tim Terrell, Neil Moore, Molly the Geocaching Dog, D and David Vickery, Geocaching Adam, Lori Post, Peter Stepanek, the No Code Geocachers, Paula Hughes, Ed Shaper, and John Langston. If you'd like to become a patron, head on over to patreon.com slash talk for more details. Patrons get path tags, coins, and there's some work on the coins that we're working on right now, so stay tuned for more on that. And other geocaching swag during the year, as well as invites to special events. We're having our patron night event next Sunday before the show, and those are only for patrons. Support levels start at as little as $3 a month. Well, let's get started welcoming my co-host, Sydney. Good evening. And Jesse. Good evening. I was already chatting with the chat room, so I got distracted already. That's okay. <laughs> and enjoying some Shark Week, I can see. Maybe a little bit. Uh, like we were talking about before the show, Shark Week is just behind Super Bowl, World Series, and March Madness in my household. So... I'll try to keep the, the noise down behind us, but there's yeah. a lot of shark stuff going on. I just saw a shark swim just past you. Look, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, there, there uh, it is. It's going after me now. Okay. That's right. only for the viewers, of course. Nobody listening right. understands what I'm talking about. Well, but <laughs> but we paint with our words. So we're, paint, we're painting the picture of the fact that there's sharks right behind you, Jesse. And I'm also literally in my Where? clothing getting eaten by a shark right now. But yeah. You'll have a- to check out the YouTube to see that. Wearing a, a sweet shark hat. That's awesome. That's right. Um, okay. Um, so um, let's talk a little bit about uh, events that we just came from. And I think we had somebody who was at the Berkshire Geobash. So, Sydney, give us an update. 
that was me. I went to that. That is you. Um, that is me. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that was yesterday. It was in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, which is not far from me. Cool. Um, well, right. all, the, all those tiny little states up there. They're right. Just there so are tiny. some very small states in the Northeast. Um, but I went to that. It was really hot out. There was a lot of people there. Um, I met, who was it, Team Spada from yep. U.S. Geocaching Hour. Yep, that's awesome. And we had a great time, did a bunch of lab caches. It was great. And today, I went to another event, the Captain Rodney's event, and I got some sweet cooking sweet. sauces. Check that out. It was that's, great. Now, I even had samples. Because they're, uh, they're big geocachers, and they're traveling around the country going to events and... Yep. Very cool. Uh, so, how, as Jesse and I always have to ask, how were the lab caches? The lab caches this year were pretty good. They actually had two different sets. Uh, so there's 20 total, which was a lot of lab caches. Uh, the first 10 were you kind of drive around pretty much the whole county and go to different areas. Uh, it was all about fairies. It was like a fairy theme. Mm-hmm. So you would find like a little fairy statue hidden in wherever. Um, And then the other 10 were actually on the event grounds. It was at a ski resort. So they were like highlighting all the different things you can do at the event. And they had the the code words hidden around there. Did you, uh, did you get them put in Cashly or how did you end up doing them? Did you do set waypoints or? Right, so the the set that was all around the county, I did put in Cashly. It was a little bit of a workaround, like I think we talked about last mm-hmm. week. Yep. Um, but the the other ten didn't get published until the day of the event, and since they were all right there, I mean, you kind of could just follow the groups of people around, and you kind of got to oh, okay where they were going. So that's cool, though. Yeah, it was fun. That's kind of interesting. They had twenty or uh, lab caches. Yeah, at, that's a lot. That they are you surprised that they were allowed to have that many? Is what? Yeah, and I've heard about that changing. I heard about one doing fifteen. Like we had that talk about it recently. We're talking about megas or whatever. But um, right. mm-hmm. ten, ten lab caches was kind of the standard for a while, mm-hmm. and now it seems to be they're they're kind of changing that up a, a little bit, which is good. They should. Oh, it's yeah. experimental. They should change that up. So absolutely, uh, we had fun. I mean, Jesse and I had a great time together doing our ones at the Texas Challenge. And mm-hmm. you know, in case anybody wants to, just a quick fast reminder is if you can't get them put into whatever app you're going to use, uh, of course you're going to use Cashly. I don't know why you'd be using Obviously. something else, but but do what we did, which was. We just picked a random cache that was nearby, and we just started adding waypoints to it. And all the waypoints were just the lab caches. So we had them in there, and we could just sit there and navigate to every waypoint. So it, yep. it, it worked out great. So, Well, and the good thing is you have a while for them, too. So did you have a full seven days for those, Sydney, or were they a shorter time frame? Yeah, so um, the ones that were, like, spaced out all around the county, they actually started, like, this past week, like on Wednesday or something. Because they had uh, they had events kind of all throughout this past week uh, leading up to Saturday, but we just got there on Friday. So there was people that, you know, had completed them on like Thursday or whatever. And um, so those were, you know, kind of a longer term ones. But uh, the ones on Saturday at the grounds, they just published that morning. 
So you had to wait until you got to the event to figure out where they were. Mm. Um, but then you still have like a 10 day period to, you know, get your code words in. Even if, you know, you've already found them in your home, you have 10 days to, to log them. That's good. Our other quick note before we get into the show topic and our guest tonight, uh, we're uh, got our week two of the Friend League. Well, let's go back to week one. Is everybody uh, fired up about getting their souvenir on Wednesday, right? Is that where we're getting our souvenir? Apparently. Did we get the first one? Or we're not, We don't get the souvenir yet. We, we, They're making I, you wait. Wow. Making you wait. So... Um, so the next one just posted uh, the the uh, requirements. So you you earn the souvenir for the second map map piece when you collect ten gold coins individually. Wah, wah, wah. So that would be either an event or a cache with ten favorite points, right? Well, right. sir, or or two caches. Well, Go sir. Go ahead. Those things that earn you coins have changed. Oh, so you can't do the same thing again. But there's mm. other things. There's new things that you can do. So what are the new things? Oh, say for instance, if you retrieve a trackable <laughs> from a cache, you get five gold coins. If you drop a trackable in a cache, you get ten gold coins. So, so there's your coins. Just go out, put a trackable in a cache, and you get you got enough coins right there. Mm. Notice how they made the attend attend an event only is now seven. Seven. What? So you're so you're, so. Jesse, so you can't you, just <laughs> attend an event. So if you go to an event, you you fail. You're three three gold coins short. What if I log it twice? Uh, oh, you can't do that anymore. That's right. Can't do that anymore. Throw <laughs> <laughs> oh, the shot. Oh man! But if I attend one event and pick up a trackable while I'm there, then I'm golden. You there are. you go. You're perfect. Did you get that golden? See what I did there? Yeah, we, we saw that. <laughs> we, we just chose to move on from that. But <laughs> oh, I thought it was funny. Now, anyway, what do y'all think about the fact that week two is an unfriend league? Is a it's the non-friend league now because you don't have to have friends anymore. Well, you didn't have to have friends to begin with. You could have easily done it by yourself. You could have. You could have. And I'm and I've, I'm trying not to be critical because Mudak was got really on me last week about being critical about this thing. So I'm don't just, be critical, Gary. That's not I, your role. I'm not going to be critical. That's y'all's role. My <laughs> That's role's, my role. <laughs> I have to be Switzerland. You guys are the 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 uh, the hostile countries out there. So anyway. Uh, yeah, interesting. F- find a log of cash, five gold coins. Find a log of cash with ten. You get seven. Again, they changed it. Attend, attend uh, event seven. Retrieve is as Sydney mentions five, and drop a trackable is uh, ten. So, anyway, it's out there. It's in the show notes, and we're moving on. So, I'm not- can I drop my own trackable and pick it back up? Sure. Well, Cecilia Perez mentioned that she's not going to do it, but she did mention that that would get you should get you fifteen. But oh well. That's it. That's all we're talking about. That we got we got bigger thing. We got bigger fish to fry tonight, and so especially the sharks behind you there. Uh, That's Jesse, right. So. They're they're coming to get me. All right, let's jump right into show number fifty nine for Sunday, July twenty third. So welcome our friend Chilihead to the show. Welcome to Geocache Talk. Hello, thanks. It's good to have you on. Good to be here. Yeah, we've uh, been looking forward to this. We've had a lot of little inner talks with our little group about this whole inner caching and mob caches. And so 
Uh, a lot to talk about tonight, so we're just going to get right get right to it. Um, first, uh, uh, Tim, tell us a little bit a little bit about your background. When did you start geocaching? Uh, and um, any other geocaching little tidbits you want to throw at us? Let's see. I think I started 2003 or so. Um, back when yeah, there were no lampposts or guardrail caches. I, I was looking at it recently, thinking, oh yeah, my first year it was all trail caches. But I'm a I'm a snob for caches. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's um, another show. We might have you back on at that yeah. one because. <laughs> Um, I started reviewing actually in two, in 2006, and I've been a reviewer since 2006. Uh, yes, 11 years. Um, yeah, so I'm not a high numbers. I mean, if you look at me, I've got I don't even have 5,000 finds yet in 13, 14 years or so. Um, yeah, so that's it as far as my my cache history. Um, you know, I, I do a lot of I, I'm a software engineer, so that's what I do all day long. Um, so I kind of tie that into some of my caches as well, which is how the, the intercache and some of my other caches that use more softer tricks and fun things like that. You know, that's where it comes from. Well, that's very, very cool. Uh, and we're going to talk about, just to let people know, we're going to do intercaching discussion and we're going to talk about mob caches and who knows where we go from there after that. But uh, that, that should be, that's a, that's a full hour right there at more. So we're going to fit all that in. So, um, I guess let's just let's just dive right into intercaching. Um, so I'm completely new to intercaching. I've heard of it and I've looked at it, and we're going to talk about it. But Sydney, we'll start with you. Have you done any intercaches? I have done one. Okay. Was it so. Tim's or was it? No, no, I don't think it was. You haven't done mine that are right here in town? Come I know. On. No, no, I'm terrible. <laughs> That's I'm okay. Terrible. It's all right. We're, we'll get there. And for those of you that don't know, Tim and I live very close to each other, so that's why. <laughs> right. Um, but no, I haven't. I've done one. It was at a nice park around here, and you go around. Oh, well, well I'll, I'll, let, I'll, let, I'll let them explain okay. after. But I haven't, I haven't set one up yet. Uh, I'm oh. looking for like a cool location where I can do something really fun and interesting. So very cool. And, and then Jesse, what's your, what's been your? You've gotten a little more experience with intercaching, I think. Being a where I go dude, I think intercaching kind of scratches that where I go itch a little bit. Is that correct? It does. Uh, I I've done a couple of intercaches in a couple different states. And then um, I've set up several. So I've done a few that I've published for myself. And then I've done a few that I've published or had other people had published for themselves. Okay. Um, the very first one I did was I just went with an easy one. And it was like the beer tour type, which are very common on intercaches that people have done them. Just the tour type, you know, like same thing with where I go. I basically emulated where I go to start and then branched out from there. But uh, they're quick and easy to set up. And we'll get into the details of that, of course, in a little bit. Mm. But um, it, it's pretty neat too, because you can get in when we talk about how you set them up, you can get in and really play around and experiment with whatever you want to do before you even publish it or set one up. So that's a pretty fun aspect of it. Yep. So, so Tim, what was the, sort of was the Genesis? How did intercaching come about? Um, I mean, I was always interested in the, uh, the where it goes. Um, problem I had with where it goes is, uh, creating one is it was more difficult, right? As you had a program in, you know, 
Lua, uh, Luau, Luau, can't remember how to say it. Right. Or you could, or you could use um, um, Nick in France has a web web interface. And I think, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ranger Fox Ranger has. Ranger Fox is, yeah. Has, I, can't, I haven't used his thing yet. So that, you know, that makes it a little bit easier. But the original version was you had a, you basically had to write software. Um, and it wasn't real, necessarily real easy to do. Um, I also didn't have, like, that you had to load it into your GPS or load it into your phone if you're using one of the uh, Where I Go apps, which I don't know if they existed too much back then or not. Um, so I wanted something where the average person could just go out and say, you know, I want to make a point here, a point here, a point here, and then connect them together in some some manner. Um, so I think, you know, the, the uh, what you're just saying before is the eat the the beer run or the the tour, right? As you go from point to point to point, and as you get to each point, you either are given the coordinates for the next one, or maybe you have to answer a question about a sign. So the first one I put out was a, a tour of Fairport, the town I live in, that has maybe 15, 20 um, historical markers, and it's a walk. You walk to the tour, or you walk to the marker, answer a question about some year or some object down there, and that will give you the coordinates to the next point. Um, and that was kind of cool. That's, that's kind of how most of the where it goes that I've done are set up. I know you can do a lot more with them. Um, so the next phase in intercaching was adding more of the aspects that, uh, where I go have, um, so I have something called constraints. So I can say, all right, only make this stage of the intercache available if you visited another stage or if you've picked up an object. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's more kind of the adventure style where you can place objects around the game and you can pick them up, and you can't really do anything with them, but just the fact that you've got them in your inventory mm-hmm. opens up other avenues or other paths through the game. When did, when did, it, when did it, when's the, what was your first intercache? I was created this. What was the first, what, what, roughly what year was that that you put that out? Um, I could look it up, but yeah, it's probably, <laughs> probably about four, four years ago, maybe. Um, oh, okay, like so that. about 2013-ish, roughly. Yes, okay. roughly then. Um. I mean, it was. I actually had had it hosted. I was saying this before the show. Had mm-hmm. it hosted elsewhere first. It was originally on one of Google servers using something called Google App Engine. Um, and then I had a client that actually wanted something very similar to this. So I wrote a version for them that uh, kind of tied into their software. It, it's, a, it's a tour company in town that makes like museum tours and things like that. Right. Um, and then from when you know, once it did that, I wanted to kind of move it off of Google's infrastructure onto my own my own server. And that's when I added then the um, you know the other aspects, like I said, the inventory and constraints. Sure. Well, we're we're, we're going to get into those, yeah, definitely. Okay. Uh, but um, so just let people know, um, website is is intercaching dot com. Uh, interact. Inter is for interactive geocache, basically. Yeah. I yeah. I n t e r caching dot com, and uh, that'll get you to the the front page, and then from there. Uh, nicely set up. You got your release notes up there at the top, and uh, it kind of gets you going. Immediately tells you what's an what's an intercache, which is nice to you know because people are going to go there and they're going to be like, "Well, I want more info just on what is an intercache." So um, yeah, so for, for mo- most of the cache pages, they actually have a link to their game, so it goes directly. So you go to the cache page and you click the link to start the game. So right. you wouldn't actually go to the home page at all. Right, but uh, yeah. for people listening that want to kind of get sure. get their, dip their toe in the whole thing and get get started, uh, yeah, inter- intercaching dot com. And so um, the 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 ones that Jesse, the ones that you have done, mm-hmm. you said are were like that. What what uh, have you done any yet that are 
or more complex or what what are some what are some things about inner caching that that are sort of intriguing you being being the where I go expert what is something about inner caching that you're so well two things one of course I'm an early adopter for anything that comes out in geocaching if something new comes out I'm going to try it and see what happens and the second thing is I'm very pro where I go I love building the programs I build them for everybody even with their limitations I like them a lot having said all that the first thing that I noticed that intercaching does that where I go can't do, and, I, and I'm, I'm one that can talk about just about every limitation where I go has and what you can do on it, is you can't put a live video, you know, a video in a where I go. You just can't do it. There's no way to make it happen. Intercaching, it's super easy. You can post a, because you can do an HTML link to a video, and you can include a video in your, in your intercache, which that's is great. Cool. Yeah, that's very so that's cool. a whole different arena of stuff that you can do, right? Um, and you can do sounds like you can in a where I go and you can do many other things, but that's one of the things that intrigued me from the very beginning that you could, because he's got it open enough that you can do your own code in it. You can do a lot of stuff. You can set up a menu. You can do an HTML based menu. You can do video. You can do a lot of neat things. It's not just, I mean, everybody goes out and does their first, just like everybody hides an easy cache for their first cache, mm-hmm. the inner cache, you do the tour cache, you know, at first point one, two, three, four. Um, but it has a lot more possibilities than people initially jump in and find out. Um, so uh, we've done ones that are trivia based, that are location based, that, you know, you can link anything else up into it because he's got the HTML code open for it. So mm-hmm. it, it's the possibilities are pretty neat what you can do with it. So, um, so g- basically getting kind of into that aspect of it, Tim. Um, because I noticed that one of the things you mentioned here is it's part virtual cache, part multicache, part puzzle cache, and part adventure. That's for sh- for sure the ones I've seen. Um, and we're going to reference one of them uh, some tonight in case anybody wants to play along as we, we talk about these. We are going to talk about one called Return to Oz uh, in, as we go. But we'll all talk about other things too. But we are going to reference that one a little bit. That's one that, that Tim has. Um, so... Tim, what what is what are some things about that the that have you put that blurb in about part virtual, part multi, part puzzle? Uh, well, I mean, the virtual part, of course, is you know there's virtual stages, and most most people make a a intercache that has all virtual stages until the end. I mean, there's nothing saying you could do something, you know, anything you want. So that's kind of the virtual aspect of it. I mean, puzzle, of course, is like you know you can make you can add in. Got a fire somewhere? Um, <laughs> Sydney. Oh, yeah. she, she muted for the moment. That's good. Thanks, Sydney. Oh, is that Michael Phelps jumping in there behind you, Jesse? Oh, yeah. Is that? Is that oh, okay. no, this is just sharks behind me, just general oh, okay. sharks. Oh, there we go. You got some guy back there just a second ago. But. Um, yeah, it's multi because, you know, most of them are set up as a multi-cache. I mean, multi-stages. In fact, that's that's what Groundspeak asked me to um Ask reviewers to mm-hmm. have people set them up as the first couple I did where I set up as, as puzzles because they didn't really fit what I thought was a multi. Um, so most you'll probably see as as Mysteries. as multis now, but mm-hmm. actually multis is the official way you're supposed to list them. Okay. Um, I, I think some are listed as as mysteries, and I don't think anyone's going to complain too much if you list one one way or another. Sure. Very good. Um, you know, I like that <laughs> talking about the aspect that Jesse talking about is you could. So as far as like where I go, is it sort of the same thing as far as like it's 
zonal, if you want to use that term, is that you have to get to another area and then you create a zone that, and you can make that zone any, you, any size or? And you can make the zone any size. Um, it's, it's a bit simpler than where I go. So I think where I go, um, you can create a zone of any arbitrary shape, right? As you can make a square or just you know, drag out an area. Um, I kept it simple for this one is you, you specify a point and a radius in. Um, sorry for all the Americans, which I am, but I think I put it in meters. It's just easier to keep it in one one set. No but problem. yeah, so you, you specify, I think, the radius in meters, or, unless I add. No, I did add. I can't remember. Maybe I did add options for feet. But radi uh, meters or feet, you can say, you know, 30, mm -hmm. 40 feet if you want. So as long as you're within that radius, the next stage of the inner cache opens up and you can do something with it. Typically, I tell people, don't make it any less than 20 or 25 feet or so, just because accuracy of GPSs on, on phones is not as good, in my opinion, as my my Garmin. So I know when I, I've gone back to my own intercache, I get to the spot and it says, well, I'm 40 feet away. It's like, well, <laughs> I'm right here. Yeah, so it, it becomes more difficult if you're telling people to go to a sign and they can't actually go to the sign. They got to go to a spot 50 feet away because of an error in your, your GPSs or your devices. Right. So I, I think some people um, have, have made radiuses of multiple miles you know, you know so you could kind of do it i'm not sure what you do with that i have not done anything like that i have <laughs> I, 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 I i remember somebody asked me about it i couldn't You're remember if you were not i think yeah. it was me okay uh, i built one for somebody for an event where they had um several people uh it was a big event so 100 plus people in an area and they wanted a large radius um and it was a trivia-based one, so it was a two-stage cache, pretty simple one, uh, based on a large area that the people were going to be in. And then they watched a video and answered questions based on uh, – and it was a geocaching.com video, one of their promotional videos they put out. So it was an annual event, and um, once they go through – once they went through and answered all the questions uh, – I take that back. That was from Mobcache. That was a large area. That wasn't an intercache. Wait, hold intercache thought. was a trivia one, but the Mobcache one was – the second part of the series. So it gave them information for the mob cache after that. Well, so I, okay. yeah, that's cool. I kind of, I kind of mingled the two together. A little preview of mob cache right there for you. People. <laughs> Oops. I didn't talk about that. That's okay. No, no, that's good. Um, so, um, you can do, like you can specify that you can also, with the questions, can you do different types? Like uh, my where I go here is just multiple choice, but can you make it where they actually like tough? Can you make it like they have to answer the question exact or like a like a lab cache or, or right, right now? Yeah, right now there's only one option and, and that's exact. So you say, you know, what's the year that this building was erected? And you enter in 1854. And if you enter, you know, enter it wrong, you know, or, or if it's a question about a word and you type in the word, you got a typo or you have a space wrong or something, that's, that's going to be an error. So, I, you know, that's one of the things on the list is more options for okay. um, you know, questions. I mean, I think, it, I think it's case insensitive. So if you don't, you know, don't type the uppercase T or something, it's fine. But uh, oh, okay. in general, it's, it's like a lab cache where, yeah, you have to answer it exactly right. <laughs> we ran into that problem, Jesse and I, with this. <laughs> How many different versions of this thing? How many these words were like, do we put two spaces? Do we put a space? I mean, we were just like 
racking our brain like we shouldn't have to do this it should be easier than that but anyway so that's okay so that's cool yeah, I, I tell people to make the questions easy. Like usually the number ones are the easiest ones, right? Is a number is a number and you don't have to worry about, you know, do you have a, an apostrophe in the word or, you know, a, a, a dash or a space, you know, that's, <laughs> but yeah, you can do it whatever you want. If you want to make it hard, go for it. Yes, you want to make it maddening. <laughs> I guess it, yeah, it depends on how hard you want to make it, right? You that's can make true. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, but there are no limitations. You answer it wrong, you can you can answer right again. I don't have any kind of you know three times and you're out kind of a thing. Um, you know, you can answer a hundred times if you want. Yeah. Okay. So, Go ahead, Jesse. I was thinking that. Th I was looking back through. I knew there was one I was thinking of. I, I'm mm -hmm. looking back through the ones I built for other people. Uh, I did build. I did build one for an inner cache that was a play anywhere inner cache. So it didn't really tell you how close you had to be but it said you could be pretty far away and I set the mileage really far and it was basically trying to emulate a play anywhere where I go, where you just get on from home and answer the questions and then it gives you the next stage um, just to see if it could be done. And I built that one for somebody else and uh, it worked that way too. So they could log on from pretty much anywhere they're inside the zone. They could answer the questions Okay. and then they go to the next one. And then you mentioned that it's pretty wide open. Interesting thing is I found another one that I built for somebody else that had the zones hidden. So they had to wander through a park and find different things based on the clues. Yeah. And, but it didn't like that one selection you have where they can either show the pointer or not, the arrow or not. Yep. Um, if you turn that off, so they had to wander through the park based on the clues, go to the signs, like you said, but the radius was pretty big. And as long as he got in the area, it gave him an indication and they okay. got to answer the question. So those two little, He's got several things you can select when you're building one, and it makes a huge difference in how the, the game plays. So, Yeah, I've actually never used that feature myself. I put it in, and then I've been meaning to actually make sure it works, so I'm glad it works. <laughs> so. It does? Yeah. Um, yeah, so if you if people want to see, if you go to the intercaching.com website, uh, or you can do it on your phone even, and you don't have one around you, that's okay. Just pull up any cache, uh, any intercache, and you can kind of get into the the guts of it you can't do anything because you're not close enough typically if you're but you're not currently in the range but the good thing about it though is uh and tim i like this fact that you can at least get it open enough that you can take a look at it and get an idea of kind of what you're what you might and then if you could you know obviously you could build one was probably the better way to do it but um so you've got you've got the range you got your your compass pointer you've got uh, maps, you've got helps, you've got distances and, and different things like that. So, um, did you, um, like Jesse said, you turn, you turn off the, your, your pointer. Um, you, you can turn off parts of that. I mean, so people can't see. Yeah. So you can't see, how, you know, where you're going towards. Um, you, you can see that, okay, you've got a question, it might tell you go, you know, go north 100 feet, you know, whatever you want to type in. Mm -hmm. But if you wanted to hide the coordinates where they're going and just have, you know, letterbox style clues, um, you can do that. And then when they get there, it will reveal then the next stage. Right. And then also in the, the top part of that, again, is sort of the adventure portion of it. So you could put in clues in the pictures or you could do different things with the um, with your narration portion. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you can show this. I, I just emailed you a storyboard for one of mine. I don't know if you can show that or not. Um, that kind of shows kind of the capabilities and the interactions between the various stages. 
Yeah, I'll pull that up while we, we keep talking about these. Um, and, yeah, I can show that. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, it shows coordinates and things, but I don't care if, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sensitive about that if people see it, so. Okay. No, no problem. <laughs> All right, let me pull that up right now. Man, no, I'm going to know. Yeah, you can go right to the final now. <laughs> yeah, we're, well, we're not going to. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to show it to her. That's I'll probably forget it. We block her. I'll have to go back and watch the YouTube video again. What was that? What was that number? Was that a four? Or? <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mush all that stuff out here in a minute. So. <laughs> all right. So, everybody seeing my screen? No. No. Okay. Hang on a second. <clears throat> there it is. Did you go? All right. Make sure I'm clicked on me. Okay. Good. All right. There we go. Uh, okay. <clears throat> So, I mean, but while you can't really see any of the text here, I can't see the text, at least on my screen. No. Um, unless okay. you can make it bigger. But um, so th this is something I, I made for a kind of a, a presentation I gave to Groundspeak a few years ago mm -hmm. um, on, on this. Um, so this is, a, this is a Wizard of Oz one I was mentioning before. Yeah. Um, and it's in the local park here. And it gives you a little information about kind of your, your, your job. Um, the first, you know, so you start off, of course, in Kansas. Um, we actually had some tornadoes touchdown today. And, Rochester, um, wow. quite suddenly, which we never have. We had two in Buffalo the other day. But anyway, um, so the first thing you have to do is is find Toto. And mm -hmm. I can't, it's been a long time since I've looked at this, so I can't remember what the flow is. Um, so it goes there, and it goes to um, this screen, which I was I can see this yeah. far. I, I can get this far. Okay. So you get to the farmhouse. Maybe you get Toto's. to the farmhouse, and it tells you, you know, you need need to go. So if you scroll down a little bit, mm -hmm. there's the, you know, there's the pointer. It tells you you're two meters away. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, the, the the radius of the zone is, you know, thirty. So thirty nine point four feet actually maps to, was it ten ten meters? I think that that's why it's off a little bit because I said before everything's in meters. So mm -hmm. um, you get some odd little things like that. Um, sure, and then. It, it, mostly you go by the arrow. It tells you the destination and, and degrees, which really isn't all that useful. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so the way this one works is you first have to go, you know, find Professor, Mar Professor Marvel, um, Auntie, I can't remember who they are. There's th three people you have to visit mm -hmm. and yep. you have to pick up Toto. And once you've done all that, then the the tornado comes and you have to go back to the uh, the farmhouse. Pick up Toto. Um, I love yeah. that. Yeah, oh, you pick up Toto. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Um, there's not much you can do with him, you know, so you pick Toto up and that's about it. So there's just the fact you have him in your inventory means now that's going to open up more, more phases of the game. Right. So if you uh, don't as, pick, yeah. If you, so if you yeah. don't pick him up, then you can just keep wandering between the next destinations. You're, like you're NTM, right. yeah, Belch. Um, you can go back and forth, mm -hmm. but once you visit those three things and pick up Toto, now the, like I said, the tornado, I think comes, mm -hmm. um, let me go over there. <laughs> uh, down here. Yep. Okay. Yep. Go to NEM. Yep. Oh, if you notice the red text there, it's debug mode. So um, when you develop these things, mm -hmm. rather than going out in the field to test to make sure it works, is you can do this all on your computer or on your phone. Okay. Um, and that, that turns off the actual validation of your GPS coordinates just so you can test out the workflow. Sure. And 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 typically I do that. And then once I'm satisfied, now I actually go out and play it for real myself. Um, you know, with the the debug off. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's helpful. And then yeah, you arrive there. You get to choose uh, where you go next. 
Yeah, so this is not, now you've got to, you know, you can choose any destination you want. You don't do them in, in any order. Um, there is a map view, so you can see the uh, uh, locations mm. on the map as well. Um, I think one of those options is broken now. I got to double check. Um, I think it was been broken for a couple months now, but right. um, yeah, now you've you know you've already gone to Oz. You you find the line. You find the Tin Man. You find the well, the Scarecrow. And then you go look for the witch. Cool. And you somewhere along the way you pick up a bu bucket of water, of course, and you throw the water at the witch. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> And then you then you find the cash. Well, can that's awesome. Yeah. So, um, so on the in on the the destinations, so choose your destination. So, like you said, um, you. So let's say you have. Let's let's say you do like this one. You have let's say five destinations. Can you sort of uh, create the adventure in such a way that a person goes to number one, number two? Number three, then they have to go back to one, then they can jump to four because so they can jump around the the the, the, the storyline and the um, the way this works. You can kind of can you make them? I mean, I don't want make people do a lot of. I mean, Jess and I did one. We were back and forth a thousand times. It's like okay, I've lost my I've lost the fun of this. But can you? Yeah. Get, I, okay. Yeah, I mean, you, you can, yeah, when, when you edit these things, um, what you typically do is you go out in the field, you mark all the points that you're interested in. So in my case, I marked out like, you know, where the characters were, where the farmhouse was, where the witch was. And then back at home, I said, okay, now what what destinations are visible from what other destination? And you do that for every single destination um, in the game. Now, by default, when you play it is you, you mark what, waypoint one, you go to waypoint two, and waypoint two is automatically visible from waypoint one. I mean, you know, so forth. You make waypoint three, I and mean, then waypoint three is visible from waypoint two, right. and it gives you your typical linear, you know, the first easy way of doing this. I and mean, then you you don't have to do any other editing. Um, once you add more complexity in the game, now you can go back in and edit and say, well, not only do I want to go from one to two, but I want to be able to go back from two to one. Mm -hmm. So you go back and you edit waypoint two, and you say, all right, which other des which other destinations are visible from two? And by default, three will be, but I can also go back and say, well, I want two to be visible. Okay. And that way, when I'm at two, or one, I mean, that way when I'm at waypoint two, I can select either three or one. It's, it's, it's actually, I'm a, I don't know how, how well I explained this. It's actually fairly easy. Is mm -hmm. You just map it all out and you say, okay, where, what can I see from what, every destination? Right. And also is, you know, can I see this if I don't have this object in my possession? And there's right. no code. It, it's all, click, you know, uh, check boxes that you do. So that's, it limits what you can do compared to a wear go, but it's a lot easier, and at least in the old style. Yeah, right. And that's where some of those you know we were to, we mentioned earlier, uh, you referred to them as constraints. So that's yes, that's kind of where you could create some. You could make you could be very you could be very creative with your constraints to make the game that that particular cartridge funner to to get through is to, to that you got to work through some of those. So. Yeah, I mean, as a view, um, you can you can view all the um, the stages of your game as the owner of it. That is, you can view all the stages in in a um, a directed graph, just to make sure that you've laid them out correctly. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a nice thing I do for debug. Um, I don't have a picture of that anywhere, but you, you know, people can do that if they want to see it. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's got options too. You, you're you know, it's it's natural to compare this to where I go because of the the programming aspect, 
But uh, one thing you can do in intercaching that you can't do in Wearago also is you can't link Wearago cartridges, right? So you can with intercaches. Oh, sure, so sure. If you're doing multiple choices and things like that, you can link a separate intercache because it's all just web-based. It's all web, yeah. Yeah, you can't, and because and, I've tried, <laughs> you can't do that with a Wearago. So I, I, I've been able to do that with an intercache, and so that's something that has that web that a Wearago would never be able to do because it's an offline downloadable cartridge. So Okay. That's that's a pretty cool aspect of it, I think. I don't know if that was intentional, but uh, it's a very advanced aspect that Wearagos can't do. I, I didn't know anyone actually did that, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I built a, a full menu, and you can select different intercaches, so that's a possibility for people that, that want to link several for a complex game. Okay. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, so the nice thing that you can do that eventually, and I, I, I've been promising people this for years, and I haven't done it, but hopefully this fall, like I said, because I'll have, I'll have more time. Um, I do consulting on the side, and that often takes up a lot of my time too. And I'm not doing anything currently. Um, but the most the most requested feature is a um, time constraint, so you can make a night cache with an inner cache. So you can say, I, I only want these waypoints visible between nine and midnight, or you know, however you want to set it up. Or you could have, you know, and, and you do that by by. I have it mostly done. I just haven't deployed it. Um, you can do that on each stage of the game. So you can say, I want this one only visible between 9 and 10, and this one only visible between 10 and 11, however you want to set it up. Could you do a, I like that. You do a time constraint where you have to kind of, uh, Jesse would love this, where you have to run through the stages or try to run to each stage before you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I haven't, that's not on my list, but uh, yeah, that would certainly be doable. <laughs> like um, I, I don't, well, you can do that in a, on a uh, where I go. Sure, mm -hmm. but I was thinking that'd be kind of cool to get a clock. But you on can't, there. as far as I know, you can't do a time constraint on a where it go. Okay. You know, wall clock time. Yeah, you can. You can do a, you can do a wall clock time constraint on a where I go, uh, and you can check it at every stage based on the time on their device. Oh, so um, you could, you could cheat it then? You you could make your time absolutely. Yeah, you can absolutely cheat it. Where's the problem with time constraints? Right. Yeah. So with mine, you can't cheat it because it's going to use the server time. Ooh, I love that. Not, not device time. Yeah. Oh, I like that so much. Jesse's excited. That's right. Um, some of the notes you said you may also specify an uh, optional confirmation question to make sure they're... Oh, um, yeah, so you can actually have a question at the beginning just to make sure that people are really at that location and they're not trying to armchair the thing. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, you, you can cheat intercaches right now because... It is web-based technology, I and mean, you can, I mean, if you're a software guy or, or a hacker, I mean, you can certainly uh, cheat, the, the, cheat the system, which, which is why I've got the questions in there, you know, just to make it a little yeah. bit more difficult. And if you yeah. want to cheat it, I don't really care. You know, <laughs> go for it. Right. Well, man, yeah. if they want to cheat, they would just lie and say they went and found it and, and never left their house, right? So, Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. There's no so way to get around that. So, Tim, I'm going to have you take off your intercaching hat for a moment, put on your reviewer hat for a second. Oh, oh, okay. Boy. I tell dun, you, dun, dun, dun. what, uh, what do you look, what, what does geocaching.com look for or what are, what are some things that people need to know? Because people are going to go out and start creating these. I know you're going to get, uh, you're going to, we're going to get a flood of these. I know. Um, <laughs> it's laughing about, what are you talking about? 
And we want to hear all about it when you get a flood of them, too. So, we'll <laughs> yeah. And if you create one of these, send us an email because uh, I want to. I'm going to prove Sydney wrong because we have people all over the world listening to the show. And so, you know, go out and create an intercache and then email us at geocachetalk at gmail dot com, and we'll mention you probably as we talked about this this week. Um, so, what is it from geocaching dot com's perspective? Do you want us to do to 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 help? Uh, help your job make make your job easier as a reviewer. Um, I'm I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not sure of the question. <laughs> well, um, when when we want to try to link this to an actual cache, what what are some things you want to see from a person creating one of these to make a reviewer's life a lot easier when they're creating? So one of these? so so I've already given the reviewers um, access to all the data in an intercache. Okay. So if you submit one, they can see all the stages. Um, all the coordinates and everything else already. So that okay. that made it easier for them to review. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure nobody knows anybody that would lie to a reviewer, but yeah, it's shocking. It does happen. Yes, believe no it or way. not. That's, <laughs> no way. Um, I, I can't believe that. That's a whole other so, show. Yeah. So so this does let you verify, you know, making sure you don't have it, people walking in areas they're not supposed to be in. Um, you know, in general, that's not a problem. It's really leaving physical objects, but, right. um, that, that just makes the reviewers, uh, um, life a little bit easier. I mean, originally I did it for myself when mm -hmm. I, uh, when I put this out. Um, but yeah, once it opened up to more people, um, that was something I decided to do. It wasn't something Groundspeak asked me to do. Um, it was, you know, I didn't have it originally when I released this, but I had mm -hmm. talked to Groundspeak. I talked to Brian Roth, who's he's now the president. He wasn't at the time. He was yep. the co-founder or whatever his title mm -hmm. was then. Um, but I did talk to him to make sure there's no legal issues with the intercache because they do have uh, one or two software patents on um, Wearago. Mm -hmm. uh, so I want to make sure this didn't violate anything, you know, or sure. they didn't have any concern about it. And you prefer them to be? You, do you prefer them to be multicache just to make it easier? Or um. I don't care. I mean, if they're if they're a multicache or a um, mm -hmm. uh, puzzle, that's fine with me. Um, I think officially they're supposed to be a multicache. Okay. Um, but because of the nature of them, they they can go really either way. Okay. Um, they they obviously can't be a traditional. They can't be a letterbox. Well, probably not a letterbox. I think I mean, there is a letterbox. Is there? Yeah. yeah. I, I, <laughs> I I could get. I guess I could I could see a letterbox version of it. Um, wouldn't that, be wouldn't that really depend on how they set it up, though? I mean, like, you know, because you're a reviewer, so you know the, the details, ins and outs. But, like, a multi-cache has multi-stages, just like an like a puzzle does. But yeah. isn't that dividing line, like, if you have to leave a stage and go home to figure it out, it's more of a puzzle than if yeah, you can go from and, stage and, to stage in the field? Isn't that the rule of thumb? I mean, so, sort of. I mean, that, again, it's not uh, – regionally, there seem to be differences. In, in my area, it's more – uh, a multi-cache is multiple physical stages, although that doesn't have to be. I mean, like a cemetery cache could be set up as a, you know, a cemetery cache where you go to, you know, stones and get cord get uh, words and numbers to calculate the next one. People set those up as both multis or as puzzles. Probably the proper one for that, though, is actually multi, which is what Groundspeak said when I talked to, um, I probably used Kathy at headquarters, saying, well, it's really, it really plays mostly more like a multi, so... Yeah, that's, that's you, what I've seen most of them as. But you can argue your case, I think. It really depends on the reviewer. So would you say that most reviewers know about this already? Or would some people maybe have a problem if they created one and maybe their reviewer didn't know about it yet or something like that? 
Um, most probably know about it now because you know we have talked about them in our own forums. Um, occasionally, I'll see a question. Someone will say, oh, "What's this intercache thing?" And that's when I respond, "Yeah, it's been it's been vetted. It's cool. There's not a problem with it." Brian says it's okay. So, um, yeah, so that does happen. Mostly worth the, with uh, newer reviewers to come on board. They don't know about it. Okay, so if someone put one out, they shouldn't have a real big problem with their specific reviewer. They they shouldn't. I mean, if they do, they can contact me, and I can put them in touch with the right people. Awesome. And I think if you do, even on the the just standard geocaching.com filters, if you search with the keyword intercache, you'll find a bunch of them worldwide. So people yeah, can see examples of them everywhere. Yeah, I mean, you'll probably find about 150 or so if you do that kind of a search. And I, I know there's other ones that don't have the keyword in the title. Um, those I can't find very easily. So, But they are pretty much in mm -hmm. in most of the states and they're they're bigger and they're very pretty big in europe too australia has a couple i know too yeah um seek one uh maggot he's in our uh, uh chat room and he he's uh been mentioning uh some about that but um um we let's can we we ready to change gears talk about mob caches at this point sure okay uh, mob caches, the, the, the geo mob. So what, um, what is a mob cache? What, what are, what's, uh, how did, and how did this come about? So, so I actually did mob cache before lab caches came out. I mean, I knew lab caches are coming out. I talked again, I talked to Brian quite often. Um, and I'd heard about these. I thought, well, I want to do something different. So I actually did this hoping it would be one of the first lab caches it wasn't but um i was i was on vacation up in the adirondacks i had my laptop and a couple times sitting out in the deck and over watching the water that's that's when i wrote this thing and it uses some of the same capabilities of an intercache as far as you know using geolocation of the browser um it's it's quite a bit different though so the the idea of this one is um get a bunch of people together at the same coordinates within a certain radius and once you do that the the mob cache will present you a message generally that message is go to coordinates xyz to find the cache right and, and that's pretty much it i mean it's it's a big old hack right now it, it it doesn't it's not pretty um it doesn't have a lot of capabilities in it it'd be nice if actually it presented you with a a pointer it doesn't even do that it just says here are the coordinates and you got to type them in or copy paste them somewhere um and I haven't changed that in a couple of years either, just because, okay, mm -hmm. I, I want to do something with it at some point. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't know. If, is this a family-friendly show? Uh, it's <laughs> yes. it's family-friendly, yeah. yes. Okay, it's, but I won't mention the one guy that contacted me. They had a different use for it. Oh, yeah, no. Not, not geocaching-related. Oh, right. Well, I can I can see you. I, I'll tell you offline. Yeah, yeah, we'll okay. put a pin in that one because now I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the, the Mobcash website, in case you want to go check that out, is, is uh, Geotrail SW for Southwest. Geotrail. South, South, software. Software? I'm thinking Southwest. Yeah. I don't know why no. I think Southwest. Maybe. Okay. That, 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 that's I the know. name I use. But yeah, when I do consulting, that's my, my DBA name there is Geotrail Software. Okay, so GeotrailSW.com slash mob. It will get you to the the spot. But uh, yeah. Um, there, but still, that's a, that's a really cool idea. It reminds me a little bit of setting up a setting up a a cache where and WV Tim has one of these where 
you can't do it yourself. You have to have somebody with you. One person has to be at one location. One has to be at another nearby, and they have to kind of both push a button so that each gets whatever information okay. they need. So it's the idea is to create it into more of a social interaction type thing. So um, yeah, I mean they, they they work well at events. The first one I put out a few years ago at our summer picnic, I needed you needed to get like ten or twelve people together, and it worked well in the event because you got a lot of people there, and I mm-hmm. I, I published it, you know. Right then, when lots of people were at the event, so I had that advantage to do it. Then um, that was still when I, I was still in the closet at the time, as far as nobody knew that I was the reviewer, right. um, or <laughs> some pe- some people knew, not too many people. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it works well at events. But then they found out that you know it doesn't get a lot of hits after that first day or, or second day. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I bumped the, the number down to like three or four, and it still didn't get a lot of hits. So. They're really they're, they're cool to have an event, and I don't see the, I, I didn't see mine at least get a lot of hits after that first day. I, I, I'm 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 thinking like I'm, my brain tends to think I think Jesse like you do, but you could create how hard of a of a mob cash could you create? Could you create one that needs like a hundred, two hundred people? Well, it and, just so happens I have an answer to that. <laughs> and Jesse has the answer <laughs> because and. First, my caveat is I have awesome reviewers. Second, <laughs> uh, I always Let's ask questions like that, but they're good about saying, yeah, that's too far, you know, because I wanted to do one that was 100 people or more, but the limitations, so you can set the the distance or the sphere. I don't know exactly how it works. I think it's just a radius, right? It's a radius, just like distance. an intercaching. It's yeah. a the same sort of thing. What I wanted to do was set up one that was a Colorado mob cache. So you just have to get a certain number of people in the area, and I, and I measured it out or whatever, in Colorado to log on at the same time. It was 100 people, and then you get the next clue, right? Because you can do a clue, not just coordinates, because you can write a message yep. in there. He's got it set up that way. Um, and I was told that is too much. So um, <laughs> I said that was too far and too extensive, and it even if it happened once, it would probably never happen again, so it would be kind of a waste. So there is a limit to how many you want to set up because if you get it too hard, you're gonna like you just said to you know Tim. I don't know how many you had it set up for that event, but afterwards they got nothing, right? That's generally Pretty how much, they yeah. go. Yeah. Um, so there is a limit, and you know, even though it's really cool, um, we set up. I built one for another group that was doing an event, and it was nine stages, so nine different caches to a <laughs> final cache. Five people had to go to each city park, and. Um, they got the coordinates for the final cache and part of the clue for the final 10th cache. And that first weekend, it was great. <laughs> it got tons of hits and favorite points. Oh, yeah. And and then it went about 11 months and got one more group well, came through every couple of months. And that was about it. Well, you, you could modify afterwards, right? You could get it down to where you just had like one person have to go to each s- spot or. You could, but then you get into the change in the difficulty, right? So. Oh, is it as difficult as it was originally? So it is open. You could change it every day if you wanted to, but then is it not really fair? I wouldn't yeah. think from a reviewer, I would think that would be a little bit frowned upon if you started changing it without changing difficulties. They might dra- dramatically. It. If it was like five to two, it'd be fine. But 100 to two, not so good. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, but is that considered – well, we're going to really get into some minutiae oh, here. Oh, boy. Is that, really, is that really – having more people, does, it, does that really make the cash more difficult? Absolutely, in my really? opinion, in you have to get a hundred people to get to stage two. That's got to be hard compared to me and my second or third device can do it. No, all right. 
So it has to I be. I don't a, know. Listen, so that's the expert. We happen to have an expert <laughs> on our show tonight. Tim, what would you think? As far as letting people change it? Yeah. Like, I change mean, the difficulty dramatically level. changing it, would that be would that make it harder or easier? So I mean di- as far as reviewing, di- difficulty and terrain don't really come into my job for the most part. If people want to rate something a difficulty of five and and it's not anymore. Not my problem. Let the community deal with that. Oh, boy. Oh, there you go, Jesse. There you go. No, I, I, I like Tim's answer on that. That's good. <laughs> it's out of his I mean, hands after that point. Yeah. I mean, there are a few exceptions to that. Like events you know, are not supposed to be higher than a difficulty one, right? Is It's not hard to find an event. The train can well, be five. Well, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Here but, we go. Difficulty different, five event. Different show, right close guys. To <laughs> Different show, right. show. <laughs> but yeah. We've, we've well, figured, so, so, yeah. So on that though, I mean, if the first day a let's say a mob cash is out, getting twenty people together, for example, would probably be relatively easy. Next week, though, getting five people together might be the same difficulty. So mm-hmm. changing it from twenty to a five in a week probably doesn't actually change the difficulty. Right. Well, in in. And we're if we if we're, if we're looking at smaller numbers, like like I think Jesse would agree that. If you had, say, 10 and then you wanted, hopefully, to encourage people to at least show up and do your cash, you could turn down to three or four. Is that the sure. how, OK? You, you could set it to one if you want, but then it's not What's the a point? mob. Yeah, it's not a mob. No, you should lonely mob. You shouldn't let people set it to one. That's not that's not good. You can. It's just lame. Yeah. yeah well, you can do it. So though. And- and just to throw another wrinkle in there for people that are thinking about putting one out there, um, it could also be a stage within a cache, a multi-state, you know, within a cache of more than one stage. You get to one stage and, you know, and that has been done as well. So that's, there's a lot of things that can be done with, you, you built a cool program and then people then get creative, right? So they can do all kinds of stuff after that. Yeah, I, mean, I actually, the original intent was to roll this into the intercaching app. Um, I didn't see a good way of doing it without kind of breaking things. So I thought, okay, I'll keep them separate. And you can tie an intercache into a, a a mob or vice versa. I just didn't want to put them together. So, but yeah, people can do whatever they want to be creative, you know, within bounds. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> interesting. So you could do part mob. You could, so you could, you could create it so that you can't get the next clue in an in intercache unless you have a mob cache. Yeah. Or, or just with regular multi, you know, forget about intercaching. You could go to a, a regular multi. Stage two could tell you, all right, go to this website in your phone, and that will tell you all oh, you need to get four people together. Right. I like it. Now it would be kind of not to tell. Yeah, it'd be mean not to tell people that ahead of time because I'd be kind of pissed off. <laughs> right. If I hiked four miles in the woods and got to a stage and go, crap, I need to find four more people to join me. <laughs> what? Just start screaming at the mountains. Yeah. Collect, 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 the, la- collect, collect the lady on, on the History Channel alone. She's freedom. <laughs> so you're, you're screaming for people. We need people over here for the mob guys. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, um, great. <laughs> anything? Anything else? Go ahead, go ahead, Jesse. I hope so. We're talking about intercash and mobcash. We can barely scratch the surface, and I hope people go out there and play with these and try them. Not only go find one, but there's some really creative things. And you know, we were joking around a little bit about what you can do tonight, but there's a lot of things you can do with these 
too. And somebody in the chat room asked, are these loggable on geocaching.com? And I don't, I guess we didn't cover that specifically. These are within geocaching, just like a puzzle where you go and solve a Sudoku or something else. This is just a part of geocaching. This is not a separate service. This is nothing yeah. where you, you know, just cause it's another website where they host a little, you know, like a clue, like on a puzzle, this is still geocaching. So somebody asked about that. And I just want to make sure we cover that before people think we're talking about a whole nother game. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is geocaching.com. It's a, it's within cache types and you can go out there and, and hide a cache using these as part of that, that cache to solve it. Yep. Yeah. yeah in fact, as, as far as I know, all of them, all the inner caches that tie into a, a geocache um, on geocaching.com, except for one, there was one listed on um, open caching somewhere. Mm-hmm. Oh, was it yours? I wonder who would have done that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, remember some, I remember somebody asked me. Yeah, it's like everything he's brought up, every weird thing has been Jesse. Yeah. But like, like Tim just said, I asked first before I did it. You did. And, you did. And he and said, I, hey, it was okay. So I did it. Nobody think, ever found it, by the way, yeah. but that's okay. Right. And you I think my answer too was don't, don't, don't list it on Garmin site at the time because there was a big feud between Garmin and, right. and uh, Ground yeah. Yeah. at the time. So I don't want to contribute to that. So put it in open caching. That's fine. But not the, the Liam Garmin cache site, which is gone now. Now it's really gone, yeah. So uh, approximately how many inner caches and mob caches do you think there are yes i mean so it's hard hard to tell i know i've got a Mm -hmm. bookmark site or bookmark of the ones i know about but there's probably 200 inner caches and there's at least 100 150 mob caches one of these days i really need to what i'd like to do is put on on the site itself is a tie back into the gc code Mm -hmm. so i can actually tell okay what is this and maybe i'd require that before you get it published i don't know but i haven't done anything like that that's very cool. So yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, it's not like one or two out there. There's quite a few. So and, and we did put the bookmark list uh, in the show notes, so everybody okay. you know, know that once we get the show notes up uh, later tonight, you know, definitely go check it out. We've got all that information, uh, websites. Uh, we've got the GC for Return to Oz, and just a lot of good information out there. So um, you know, definitely go check that out. So, so, so somebody I- in the chat room. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead, Tim. Go ahead, Tim. So, so I suspect that when I release the time constraint thing, they will be a big uptick in that because mm-hmm. um, there's been a lot of requests for that because, you know, everyone likes night caches. I mean, not everyone, but a lot of people like night caches. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, a variation of doing the you know, the fire attacks on trees, right? Um, so I'd love, love to see what happens with that when I release that. But I've been promising people for two years and I just haven't gotten to it. And there is a there is a Facebook group, by the way. If you're you're interested in inner, is there one for mob caches? I know there's one for inner caching. Um, no, it's all the same group. Is it okay? We talk about both. Okay, cool. And, so, and I, hopefully, I answer. Sometimes I don't see the question. I'm not sure if I don't have my settings mm-hmm. set up right. So if you ask a question, don't be offended if I don't answer for a few days or a week. <laughs> no problem. But at least people can go out to the Facebook group. Yeah. They can they can request to join, and they can kind of get in the in the discussion with some other people too. So that kind of you know, it's a nice so somebody mentioned in the chat room and you talked about lab caches is kind of the genesis for a lot of this stuff. Somebody in the chat room mentioned that they've done where I goes that were not tied to physical geocaches kind of like for a, and I think where they were going with it is you could build an inner cache or a mob cache that just ties into an event that you're doing Oh sure. as a temporary uh, thing for the event and not even a published geocache. So like kind of like somebody's own version of a lab cache to lead to a prize at an event or something like that. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah, there's you don't need to have a listing on Groundspeak at all. Very cool. <laughs> Another possibility. I don't, know, I, don't know how, I don't know how many people have done that, but it's certainly doable. Mm. Very cool. Well, any, anything else uh, from the crew? Before, and, uh, I'm intrigued. Sydney, you want to go first? <laughs> go ahead, um, yeah, I have... I'm excited about this now. I have a couple ideas stirring about stories or games or whatever that I want to do. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I have to work on that, figuring all the details. Like I always have these these great ideas like, oh, I should do this or I should do this. And then I'm just like, I don't have enough time to do that. So I have to like sit myself down and write out a story and actually get on there and do it. I'm going to set myself to it. <laughs> so because I'm the kind of person I am and I like the I'm an early adopter, like I said. I love all the new stuff, and these have been out for a while. And actually, there's more mob caches and intercaches separately than there are active webcams left in the United States. So they're not as rare as you'd think. Mm-hmm. However, um, they're still kind of new to a lot of people or whatever. So um, thank you for doing them. I like them. I've played with them a bunch. I've played with a lot more than I published for myself. And uh, I hope you keep keep going with them. They're a lot of fun. And I'm going to openly challenge my co-hosts live oh, on the air. Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs> to publish at least one of the types. Okay. And I'm going to keep I on it until they do it. Okay. The other one then. Okay. So intercache for you and at least a mob cache or an intercache for Gary too. So okay. you don't have to answer now. I'm just going to bug you every week until you do it. So <laughs> how about that, Tim? Is that is that good enough for promotion? Okay. I, I, I can challenge her in our local <laughs> Facebook group too if she's not doing one. So. Oh, oh, I love it. I'm called out now. <laughs> called out. So yeah, anyway, I'll get thank, right out Thank you out. again for doing it. <laughs> I'm there for you, Sydney. It's okay. Thanks. You want to program that for me, buddy? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, Tim, we're gonna we're gonna let you have the last word on this tonight. Any last no, thoughts? No last thoughts. Uh, just, okay. yeah, let, let me know if there's things you you know if anyone has any thoughts or suggestions. Um, I can't promise I'll get too many times soon, but <laughs> probably sooner than I had in the past. Because like I said, come September I'll have time. Okay. Well, Hopefully, I keep saying that. Yep, we uh, we do. We really appreciate you coming on and, and talking about these, and we and we we do appreciate all the work that that you and the the different reviewers do. Um, it's a, a lot of times a thankless task. Um, I always try to, and I encourage everybody to do this, but I always put um, a note, like especially uh, if you do, like if you have them post, like I had a, I had my reviewer publish twelve caches last week at an event for an event and so what i try to do is remind people to email the reviewer and let them know that you appreciate them and and thank them for for this job that they do for all for all of us because uh without them this the sport would be uh it'd be chaos and so we do we really do appreciate uh what what you guys do uh it's 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 always nice to see a note of thanks yeah because most 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 times we don't get that so yeah we love you guys and gals for doing that, so we appreciate it. Um, coming up on the show uh, next week, uh, show 60. Wow, can you believe we're at show 60? Um, we're going to have Chris of the Northwest on. I don't know who he is, but somebody set that up. So, No, I'm kidding. Uh, Chris Umfenauer will be on. We're going to talk about 
some cool caches not to miss if you're up his way up in the northwest by Seattle. Uh, week after that, we're going to have Doc Firewoman back on the show. She's going to talk about geocaching slumps and um, fascinating, I think, discussion about um, what she's up to and some of her thoughts on, on that topic. And, of course, we'll chime in and give ours as well. And then the week after that, we're going to do – we kind of did a little bit of an audible call – on show 62 we're going to talk about geocaching regrets caches we wish we had not missed fascinating gonna be fun to talk about that one and of course disappointing too because i have caching geo i have a lot of geocaching regrets as well so um so we hope you enjoyed the show tonight please email us your comments at geocachetalk at gmail.com don't forget to follow us on twitter uh, the show is at Geocache Talk. I'm at Gary Slinkard, one word. Jesse at Memphis underscore Mafia. Sydney at Shermanator GC. And Facebook at Facebook.com slash Geocache Talk. Show can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podcastpedia. I don't know. Just look around. You can find it out there somewhere. As well as the Geocache Talk website. It's always there. So you know you can always get it there at geocachetalk.com. Don't forget to click on the subscribe button below, and uh, that will help you uh, give you a reminder and uh, so you can see and hear the show on a weekly basis. And until next week, don't just talk about geocaching. Go do an intercache or set one up, as I apparently have to, or <clears throat> be a part of a mob cache and go geocaching. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.